episode number 48 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, information, and slapping tables down and annoying our listeners, which we... Damn it, Ben! I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... I am Ben Morris, the Associate <laughs> Editor of Marvel.com, here to talk to you, along with my good pal... Hey, guys, this is Associate Producer Blake Garrett. We have a special guest with us today. He's new. Introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Dan Horowitz, second week Marvel intern here. Oh, hey, Dan. Awful. Yeah. Oh. The charisma of a table. <laughs> no. <laughs> Horowitz is going to bring it. He's warming himself up. We just found out he doesn't have any kids. But he's, he's actually said he will never have kids. Childless. So hates him. Hopefully not. I mean, what, if unless you my future wife hears that, then well, we'll see. Yeah, so well, this is taking a turn for the worst. After throwing that out there, I'm sure they're going to yeah. be, I'm sure they're gonna be banging down the door. We're really rolling here on this episode. Yeah, take down the time, guy. All right, if you guys are just joining us, we're going to run through all the new comics available this week, both in print and digitally, and we're going to talk about the movies, TV, video games, all kinds of action around this week, as well as news. And then we're going to get to your questions and comments. If you guys are listening and you want to, you know, tweet your own questions and comments, use the hashtag This Week in Marvel throughout, and we'll get to them in an upcoming episode. Let's dive right into new comics this week. Ben, start us off. Let's start with Amazing Spider-Man number 694, written by Dan Slott, with art by Umberto Ramos. I want to talk first about this cover. Because there's a lot of cool junk going on here. Number one, it's an homage to Ross Andrews' cover to the classic Amazing Spider-Man versus Beep from another company, mm-hmm. which is a very cool cover. And they replicate it here with Spider-Man fighting Alpha. But what I really liked is for a while we've been doing this 50 Years of Spider-Man button up in the corner of the uh, covers. So this one we've got one month of Alpha, which I thought was incredibly entertaining. I talked to Dan Slott about it earlier, and he said that Steve Wacker came up with the idea, but I think that was just Dan Slott being modest. So this is the conclusion to the Alpha story arc, which this high school kid who doesn't really have any moral compass or sense of responsibility, superpowers, he's off being a celebrity, not really thinking about anything. So Spider-Man's trying to train him, trying to make him his sidekick, but he wants none of it. He thinks... He is King Bleep of Bleep Mountain. So he I love just, Bleep Mountain. Yeah, I know. You're a, a former king of there. Yeah, I abdicated the throne. Whoever's there now. So he's trying to teach him. He's not having it. He's off in Japan. Spider-Man's with the Avengers. And freaking Terminus shows up. Love Terminus. Giant axe-wielding Terminus shows up. And the Avengers are like, yo, we need Alpha. He's incredibly powerful. Just bring him in. Spider-Man's not happy about it. Alpha comes in. Beats up Terminus, but in the process, endangers every civilian within three miles. He's uh, like Blake. Yeah, he's like Blake with superpowers. And, Big wheel. And better hair. But he, <laughs> he had the look of disgust on Blake's face right now. But <laughs> he, enda- from normal? he endangers all these civilians, two of whom are Peter Parker's Aunt May and her husband, Jay, who are in their private jet heading back to the greener pastures of Boston from the hellish New York City. They're trying to fly back there, but Terminus takes out their plane because Alpha. So half this issue is basically Spider-Man trying to land their plane, trying to save them, not revealing he's Peter Parker. It's cool. I, I always like that old trope of Spider-Man saving Aunt May, her not really knowing who it is. but she's She's got to really open her eyes. <laughs> some point in her life. I, She's known his voice 
for decades. I, I subscribe to the theory that she knows and chooses not to say anything because she knows it would mess with him. That's How much does a subscription like theory. that cost? Uh, you know, it depends if you want premium subscription, if you want weekly. It, mm-hmm. run, it runs the gamut. Yeah. Anyways, at the end of this issue, Spidey has to have a confrontation with Alpha, and they got to figure out what to do about Alpha. But it's a cool issue. I... The Alpha story was kind of hit home for me because, you know, everyone likes to think if they got superpowers, they'd be like Peter Parker and kind of learn their lesson from screwing up and become a better hero. I think, unfortunately, a lot more of us would end up like Alpha, where he was just this kind of irresponsible jerk who really let the power get to him. So this is a very interesting story, beautifully drawn, wonderfully written, and this is a big conclusion that leaves it a little open-ended, so some stuff can come back, but also a nice three-part story which you can enjoy on its own. Over in Astonishing X-Men number 54, written by Marjorie Liu, drawn by Mike Perkins, we finally get the secret origin of Susan Hachi, who has been the villain that's been bugging the X-Men ever since Marjorie and Mike took over this book. We find out her connection to Karma, and she has a mission for the X-Men, which is to help her take over Mad Rapport. Normally the X-Men wouldn't do something like that, but... She's got some leverage on them. So we'd see the X-Men working together, both initially to save themselves from a disaster. Cecilia Reyes really gets to shine in this issue. I gotta say, Gambit actually does very well here, Ryan. You haven't read this issue yet? Not listening. But you'll, you'll appreciate I've it. it. I've read it. You read it? I thought I like Gambit in this issue. He doesn't really do anything with his powers. He just kind of like, he encourages people. He, he uses oh, his pelvic region as a... He uses his charm, but uh, yeah, he does it for good. His he does Cajun... It, thrusting charm. Yeah, but he, he uses it in the service of good. Anyways, it's the X-Men and Madripoor. Wolverine shows up as Patch, which is always awesome, and Perkins' art is really badass in this issue. He is really finding his groove with the X-Men. I really enjoyed reading and looking at this. It's purdy. Purdy indeed. Alright, over to Captain America and Black Widow, number 637, written by Colin Bunn, art by Francesco Francavilla. Gorgeous freaking issue. It's just really awesome. Crazy layouts. Beautiful colors. Francesco is, I believe, coloring himself here. And it's just really awesome. Right? He is coloring himself. Yeah. He doesn't have Jordy. All right. Anyway, he opens up this whole story where you find out there's two Black Widows. And that opens up into tons more stuff. I don't want to reveal too much because it was a really fun issue. A lot of stuff happened. Great Captain America moments. Some cool Black Widow stuff. It has a really fun but also menacing vibe. Big stuff going on. And then it was just this really cool, super weird last page. And I loved it. So, fun stuff. Over to Captain Marvel, number four, by Kelly Sue DeConnick. With art by Dexter Soy. And also a couple pages of art by Al Baranuevo and Will Quintana towards the back. This you get the conclusion of like the first story where Captain Marvel is in the the past fighting with these ladies who are called the Beautiful Banshees, and they're fighting like this alien tech, and there's the mystery of how they got to where they are. You get a little bit more information about that, but it's kind of cool. Captain Marvel is just like, you guys are awesome, kick ass, I gotta go take care of this, I believe in you. It was just something really fun and uplifting about her interactions with these other characters throughout this issue and, and the storyline. And then take a total right turn into a whole other section of what could be going on. And that opens up a ton of new questions. It just I love what they're doing on this book. I've said it before, I'll say it again, Captain Marvel is one of my favorite characters. She's amazing. I loved her as Miss Marvel. I love her even more as Captain Marvel, so... Really, really digging this book. Another one for me? Yep. Another one for me. Keep Deadpool, number 61, by Daniel Way and Ale Garza. You've got Deadpool, you've got 
Hit Monkey. You've got a bunch of background on Special Agent Allison Kemp, who has been tracking Deadpool, and she some crazy stuff goes on. You find out why she is so obsessed with getting to Deadpool. And Ben. Talk to me. Ben. What do we got? You ready? Yeah. For this last Unleash page? It. Unleash it. Boom. Oh, it's time. Who's that guy? I've been waiting so long to see so him again. Long. We've got... We can say it out loud. Sure, why not? Got it? It's Slayback. The return Slayback of Slayback is back. Has Slayback been seen since the original Deadpool miniseries back in like 1993? I don't know. Oh my god, Slayback's an amazing character. Yeah. His name is Slayback, number one. Yeah. Number two, he looks like Baraka from Mortal Kombat, but it was before Mortal Kombat existed. Uh, it was. Well, it was, it was mm. before Mortal, the Mortal Kombat with Baraka existed, because that was like Mortal Kombat 2 or 3. Two. The original might have been out. Yeah. I'm going to say Slayback beats Baraka. And also, his limbs extend. So he's like Baraka and Dalsim in one. He's like the greatest Mortal Kombat Street Fighter character of all time. But he's just awesome and he hates Deadpool. Yeah. And I'm so excited Love to see him. him go after Yeah, it's exciting. That's fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, natural segue into FF number 22. Written by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Andre Arojo. I hope I pronounced his name right. It's A-R-A-U with a accent mark over it, J-O. Beautiful art, so I really want to get this gentleman's name right. I've never seen it before. This is the flip side of the story recently saw on Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four finally tracked down the wizard. This is told from the Future Foundation's point of view, specifically from that of Bentley, the wizard's young clone. We get to see kind of a day at the office of the Baxter Building with the Future Foundation kids. We see a ping pong game between the Moloids and the new Wakandan recruit. We see what Alex Power's up to, what Dragon Man's up to. Some really fun, just hanging around, family-type stuff with, again, great art. Then we get Val Richards takes Bentley to basically witness the other side of the confrontation between the Fantastic Four and the Wizard, and then we pick up from the cliffhanger in Fantastic Four where the Wizard tries to get Bentley to take up his mantle, and this is just a beautiful culmination of everything Jonathan Hickman has built up with the Bentley character, everything we've been waiting for, will he or won't he choose to be the villain that his father was, and won't spoil his choice, but I will say that Reed Richards gets to come in and have an awesome moment with both Bentley and the Wizard as a result. And the last page of the book is fantastic. It is, just cut right to it, it's Val Richards and Bentley holding hands, and Bentley saying, I think I love you, her going, I'm three years old, and him going, don't ruin this for me. So good. So that, that's where the story builds to. Read the story you have to take to get there. It's awesome. It's a, it's a fun issue, and it's also really significant for this great character. Bentley's an awesome character, and I'm glad that Jonathan Hickman has brought him to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Wait a minute. But, How did I get stuck with Gambit? You didn't get stuck with it. I give Gambit to you. No, I, I actually... I'm digging the hell out of this book, which yeah. is in spite of it starring Gambit. It's but I gotta pretty, say one it's thing... It's a pretty big in spite. Yeah. I gotta say one thing. Clayman's art has gotten a lot better from issue to issue. He was always really good, and this is like... It's crazy. There's something like super sexy about his characters. Yeah. His men, his women. The way he draws like them hanging out, them just... Like, there's just something to it. I don't know what it is. He's just... He's got a, like a, a very cool style for humans. Do you consider Gambit attractive? I mean, he's a he's a handsome, swarthy man, yeah. a little rough and rugged. But I'd probably stab him before I listen to him <laughs> talk for more than a couple minutes. I don't know. He might charm he, and surprise you. He might charm me with his New Orleans crotch. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's the most adult edition of yeah. This is gone. This ever. is gone. Uh, Forty-seven episodes. There's really cool. 
there's some really cool stuff. And obviously, Gambit, you're an idiot. This chick that you're hanging out with, who's just really such a badass, totally flips the script on you. And things go crazy. Final page has some cool creatures on it. I got another one! Yeah. I'm doing all the comics this week. Incredible Hulk number 14 by Jason Aaron, who, I was just walking in here, he was in the bathroom blowing his nose. Jason yeah. Aaron's in Marvel just headquarters like, Just today. like us. You he's know? normal. He's just like a normal guy. He's a human. A huge, with a huge beard. Yeah. <laughs> Written by Jason Aaron, art by Hefty Paolo, colors by Frank Martin. This was one of the funniest books we've put out yeah. in a while. Really, really... Jason just, Aaron brought the funny across the board this week. He brought the funny, but it was still... Ridiculously violent and crazy. No. Like I was trying, I was thinking as I was reading, and I was thinking what I would equate it to in terms of because it's like a black comedy. You know, like you go to a movie and it's really dark and really messed up, but incredibly funny throughout. At times, reminded me a little bit of like a Quentin Tarantino bit, just because of it has a lot of various elements in it. But really funny, really well done. You've got these Doombots throughout the issue. Doombots, man. Jason Aaron can write a Doombot series if he wants. I would. They've never been explored in this way, right. and it was amazing. Because Doom's not there, so it's just the Doombots talking to each other, and also being very, like... Paranoid. Needy. Needy. Uh, they want Doctor Doom to come back. It was so uh, great. It's so good. It's uh, really good. There's so many great parts to this. And then you get to the villain that Doom, the Doombots have enlisted to take down Hulk. And a brand new character as far as I know. As far as I know. It was super, it's really clever and really kind of creepy. We get uh, to see a war waged on many fronts. Yes. If you will. Invincible Iron Man number 525 written by Matt Fraction. Art by Salvador La Roca. It it is the penultimate issue of the future. It's the pen pen ultimate issue of the series. So Matt Fraction and Mr. Loroca taking all the balls they put into play over the last almost five years, kind of winding them down. Got Tony Stark, Iron Man, with his team of basically his own villains, Ezekiel Stain, Whirlwind, Living Laser, and Blizzard, trying to fight their way out of Mandarin City, defeat the Mandarin, defeat all his goons, destroy all this horrible machinery that the Mandarin made them build, and try to figure out what the Mandarin's up to. So that's an uphill battle, as it were. Back on the other side of the world, we've got Pepper Potts trying to do all she can, trying to enlist the supposedly dead James Rhodes. There's a great scene with Pepper... James Rhodes' mom, and eventually Rhodey himself. So hopefully he's going to be able to come in and save the day, but really this is just the struggle between Tony Stark and the Mandarin. It's been building for so long. Matt has put so much time into making epic, it feels every bit as epic as it should here. And also, the title on the cover of Invincible Iron Man is in this weird, like, gummy bear colors, and I can't take my eyes away from it. It's like, usually they're just one color to all the letters, now they're all, like, different. It's like... So the rings... Oh, is that what it is? I didn't get it. Uh, now I get it. Makes well, sense. You know what? Because don't, you're point, color- don't point at things to me, Blake. I guess because you're Don't you condescend blind. to me. I said this several times and you never said anything about the rings. You were just like, oh yeah, it looks like a gummy bear. I was holding it for the podcast. Oh, Boom goes the dynamite. But don't make gestures at me, Blake Garris. How dare you. All right. We're going to roll out of that fiasco into Journey into Mystery, number 644. Oh, I get to say it again. The penultimate chapter of Everything Burns. We have Loki. Oh, it's written by Karen Gillan. It is co-written by Matt Fraction. It's drawn by Carmine D. Gian Domenico. 
everything, again, you'll notice a theme here. We're wrapping up a lot of things as we move into Marvel Now coming up next month. So a lot of the long-running series like Invincible Iron Man, like Journey to Mystery, like Incredible Hulk are kind of bringing to a boil everything they've been going with. So this is basically the big Journey into Mystery wrap. You know, everything going on within Everything Burns, we have the struggle between Asgardian and their enemies, Surtur's big plan, Volsag trying to hold everything together, things going on with Hela, a lot of things going on, but mainly this is Loki with his last chance to atone for all the mistakes he's made. So much stuff has come back to haunt him. He's got the Hellwolf after him again. He's got a heartbreaking scene with Thori, his little dog, which is just tough to watch. But ultimately, his main goal, above all else, he wants to save Asgardia, he wants to save the Nine Realms, but he really wants to save his best friend, Leah, who he just never really appreciated and kind of she sacrificed her life and then she came back a couple issues ago but not as the Leah he knows the lengths that Loki goes to here just you know it shows you why we love kid Loki why he's so awesome the art by Carmine is fantastic colors by Chris Sotomayor who did do this issue is they're blown away and by the end we get a really cool tee up for the final chapter of Everything Burns and it's going to take a lot from Thor, from Loki, from Volstag, from everybody to, you know, defeat this major threat, but it's a cool ramp up adrenaline pumping moment to get that set up. From the happy times of Journey into Mystery into the... It's not that happy. They're like on the edge of destruction. I know. Oh my god, you just don't get it. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm sorry. 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 Before we go any further, speaking of happy times, it's time for the happiest time of the podcast. As he just pointed out, Let's take it over to Blake Garris, Ph.D., with Blake Garris's All Ages Corner. Hello, children, and welcome to the All Ages Corner. Today, we have not cheapening it. Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man number six. This has more stuff than a phone book. There's two stories, there's a mashup, and there's a tease to an upcoming Ultimate Spider-Man TV show. That's a lot of stuff. So anyway, there's, again, two stories. First is by Brian Clevenger with art by Ramon Box. Basically, Spider-Man thinks he's on a training mission with S.H.I.E.L.D. and he ends up actually fighting Big Will. Yeah. Love Big Will. Big Will's fantastic, man. Everyone's favorite bad guy. (laughs) I believe there's... Sell it, Blake. There's a reference. There's like a Rodney Dangerfield reference here. That I'm sure kids won't get, but adult it's good for adults too. So it's a great story. The second story kinda touched my heart. It's by Jacob Saman mm-hmm. and art by Ty Templeton. And Spider Man punches a mugger who has a J. Jonah Jameson mask on. J. Jonah Jameson goes and does his normal thing of telling the city that he hates. Spider-Man and he's terrible. Spider-Man's down in the dumps. He meets a woman who works for the post office who has a bunch of letters addressed to Spider-Man from children. And it makes him really happy because the kids say, hey, I love you, Spider-Man. And then he gets a letter from this person named Aunt May. And that's all you get! But, I mean, that's not all you get in the book. There's more to it. Like who edited? Who edits Marvel Adventures Ultimate Spider-Man? We can get into that too. Yeah, I was, that's a segue. Who edits it? Segway. That 
it's who well who edits it so I can make the segue. You gotta set up the segue. Well, Tom God, Brennan. Yeah, this, this is like the longest period. Alright, so let's go to our other regular segment. What is Tom Brennan upset about this week? I don't know. Tom was really he's really in a bad mood today. Yeah, and yesterday. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think people should that's a tough one. Yeah. I'm actually, it's, it, normally we joke about how upset Tom Brennan is, but I think now we really need to reach out and help our friend Tom Brennan. I think what he's sad about is how happy we have been the past couple of days. Oh yeah, nothing makes him more upset than when people around him are happy. But yeah. So, try to cheer Tom up by sending all your tweets to at Brenninator on Twitter. That's B-R-E-N-N-A-N-A-T-O-R. And hashtag them with cheer Tom up. <laughs> And give him reasons why he shouldn't be so miserable all the time. So the more tweets, the better. Thank you, Blake. Ryan, you can oh, you it? can rejoin the podcast. Can I come back? Yep. Great. Thank you. Time for the Punisher number sixteen by Greg Rucka and Marco Caketo. This is just the feel-good issue of the year. We've got so many. No, no. There's a lot of heavy, sad stuff going on as Frank Castle and Rachel Cole Alves deal with the fallout from last issue where a lot of folks got killed including one of the uh, supporting characters in the book. A Detective police Bolt. Detective Bolt. Yeah. Things take a turn for the worse. Not a Punisher-like turn for the worse, but really like a heavy drama you know, bad way. It's a really great issue. It's just if you've been following the series, the characters have all come to this place very naturally. It just, it's great. It's just sad as all get out. It's and, pretty um, too. Marco Cicchetto really goes gorgeous. Out, goes out with a bang here. Yeah, he's unfortunately not going to be able to illustrate Punisher Warzone due to some family problems. We wish him the best with, but he really sends the Punisher off. Just shows why he's become such a breakout. He's amazing, awesome artist over the last incredible. Year. Yeah. Punisher will continue in Punisher Warzone number one, and that's Punisher versus the Avengers. Yeah, so that should be interesting. You know, don't count Punisher out. We've read so many stories where Punisher can take down anybody. Yeah. I believe I can fly. Yeah, I believe you can touch this guy. Senior Avengers number 31, written by Rick Remender, who's also here in the building today. What? It's a cavalcade of stars, with art by Matteo Scalera. We've got some bad stuff going on for the Secret Avengers. There seems to be a lot of bad stuff going on everywhere, but you know, that's that's comics. We make everything bad and then we fix it. Hopefully. In the nation of Bagalia, which is run by criminals, Max Fury and his Shadow Council have succeeded in uniting all the crowns they needed to unleash the Abyss, which Max Fury thought was going to be this great weapon that he could use. Turns out it's basically this soul-sucking entity that takes over Taskmaster and thus takes over every hero and villain in Begalia. That's everyone in the giant Masters of Evil that they've assembled, and it's most of the Secret Avengers. The only guys who get away scot-free for reasons not completely known to us are Venom and Ant-Man. So it's Venom and Ant-Man versus an entire nation of criminals and a couple of their friends. They've got to prevent this virus, this abyss, from spreading outside the island and taking over the rest of the world. So it's really the core of what Secret Avengers is about, and that's containing these threats so the world at large doesn't have to worry about it. So Venom and Ant-Man are working against the clock. Black Widow has to come in as backup, and Black Widow is just badass. There's a fight between Black Widow and Hawkeye on a jet where they're trying to get out of Begalia, which is just one of the best action sequences I've seen in a while. So how are the Secret Avengers going to get out of this one? I don't know. Blake, you have any idea? Yes. 
Oh, all right. Well, Blake, don't spoil it for me because I'm really enjoying this comic. Speaking of comics we really enjoyed, Space Punisher number three. What? By Frank Thierry and Mark Teixeira. It's freaking Punisher in space with crazy versions of all these Marvel characters. You've got the freaking book opens up with Punisher shooting guns atop a pile of Hitler clones and they've got like tentacles and weird brains and Who wrote this book again? Frank Thierry. Oh, alright, that makes sense. Yeah, and it just goes from there. You've got Frank finally catching up to the rest of the members of the Six-Fingered Hand, this criminal space mafia that includes Red Skull, Ultron, Magneto, Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus. It's just freaking crazy versions of all these characters and Frank just tears into him. He has his robot chip by his side. They get to the Avengers planet, which I think was really cool. There's this whole lot of little Easter eggs here and there. There's this just tons of great scenes and stuff that you know Frank was having a blast writing. Could do pretty much whatever he wanted with it and it was awesome. I really, 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 really love this issue. Great stuff. I won't reveal too much. He does find out who is in charge of Six Fingered Hand and another great cliffhanger. Ultimate Comics Ultimates, number 16, written by Sam Humphreys, drawn by Luke Ross, deals with the fallout of the major, major moment last issue where Captain America, Ultimate Captain America, was elected President of the United States. In this issue, he becomes President of the United States. He says, all right, I'll do it. I'll live up to this promise. And he is not like any president you will ever see anywhere. He basically takes the oath of office and then immediately starts flying around the country to try to deal with hot button situations it's pretty inspirational it's pretty badass it's what it's what you want from an ultimates comic it's these guys just going in and doing the solutions that in real life really probably wouldn't work because it goes against about eight thousand diplomatic laws and things like that but in this world you can just watch captain america and iron man and thor punch people and solve problems and basically force people to shake hands like literally physically force them to shake hands and will there be some fallout of that i would wager there will probably be some blowback on captain america basically becoming president and then kind of just pushing people to do what he wants but it's going to make a really cool story we also finally find out who this morez character is who's been manipulating everything behind the scenes and it is not who we were led to believe that it's going to lead to some major, major things for Thor. Love what Sam Humphreys is doing on this book. He's got some really thought-provoking, but also just fun, pump-up stuff going, and he is definitely doing what needs to be done over in Ultimates. Winter Soldier, number 11. Widow Hunt continues. Written by Ed Brubaker. Awesome art by Butch Geist. I love the layouts in this book. It's so inventive and so different from just about anything else you're going to see. Uh, Butch Geist, you know, many-year veteran, colored wonderfully by Betty Brightweiser, and just the experimenting he's doing at this stage in his career is really, it's cool. It's cool to see. In this issue, we've got Winter Soldier and Hawkeye going after Leo, who is a counterpart of Winter Soldier, who's really, I, I hope he sticks around, because he's a, he's a cool villain. He's Winter Soldier gone wrong. He's Dark Winter Soldier. He's, what if Winter Soldier woke up and there was no Steve Rogers to steer him back towards the path of being a good guy? And he was trained by Winter Soldier. He has brainwashed Black Widow to do all these horrible things. He's leading Hawkeye and Winter Soldier, who are increasingly frustrated on a wild goose chase across America, trying to catch up with Black Widow and trying to stop his plans along the way. They're pretty funny in themselves. I like them as a duo because Hawkeye and Captain America have always been a great duo because you got Hawkeye, this kind of snarky jerk who we love, and Captain America is very straight-laced. 
Bucky's, you know, Captain America in a way, but he's also so badass and kind of dark, so he doesn't really put up with Hawkeye's guff, and so Hawkeye doesn't really know how to react to him. He's like the Hawkeye of Captain America's. Kind of, I guess. But he, but he's not as snarky. He's, like, serious. He's like, It's like where he's Cap will be like, well, soldier, that you're entitled to your opinion. Winter Soldier's like, shut up. We're doing this. Let's go crash a plane. So I like how they play off each other, and yeah, there's a lot to like about this book. I really think Brubaker's set up some cool dynamics and some cool new characters, and I hope they are lasting contributions to the Marvel Universe. Over in Wolverine number 313, it's the finale to the Sabretooth Reborn arc, the Wolverine Revolution story by Jeff Loeb. And in more. this building today. Yeah, Jeff by Loeb Jeff Loeb, who's already insulted you. Oh my god, Jeff Loeb walked by my desk, pointed at my Nova poster, said, he's dead, cackled, and walked off. It was pretty great. And he can do that. Yep. Because he's Jeff Loeb. This is by Jeff Loeb and Simone Bianchi with colors by Simone Peruzzi. I gotta say, I always loved Simone Bianchi's art, but it's like something about this issue in particular was just even better than it's been before. Like, it just stepped up the game for this final issue. In this one, you've got Sabretooth and Romulus tag teaming up to take down Wolverine, but Wolverine calls in some of his friends. You've got Remus, you've got Cloak, you've got Dagger to help, I wouldn't say even the score, because they really do more than that, but uh, there's some fun fights in this, you got some cool stuff, you got flashbacks, you get a little bit, uh, well I should say more than a little bit, yeah. you get a big look into Wolverine's past and sort of revealing some stuff that is pretty crazy, and I'm sure you guys will have a lot of opinions on whether you like it, you don't like it, but I think it's really cool and the way that you know we've shaped Wolverine's past, and it doesn't change who he is now. But a lot of cool stuff. Final resolution for the moment with Romulus. Sabretooth now out there, about ready to kill. And you know what? I really dug this. the last lines in the book. Finally, once in a while, you want to see that. So yeah, it's kind of cool. All right. Are you ready? I'm not ready for this book, and I've already Here read it. Here we go. Wolverine and the X-Men, number 17. Boop, boop. Written by Jason Aaron, boop, Captain boop. Feelgood. Drawn by the great... Mike Allred, colored by the great Laura Allred, no relation, except that they're married. This is a one-shot issue that answers the question that's been on everyone's mind since Wolverine the X-Men began. What is Dupe up to at the Jean Grey School? The answer? Awesome! (laughs) Mike Allred, co-creator of Dupe, returns to the character that he made incredible, and basically we learn the story of Wolverine asking Dupe to come help him out at the school. First of all, the issue starts out with Wolverine and Deathlock having a conversation evaluating the Jean Grey school staff, and Deathlock just being like, you know, Dupe sits around napping and eating all the time. Why is he here? Wolverine's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And you kind of think like, all right, well, I guess Wolverine's just brushing it off again. No, we get to see what Dupe actually does. First, we see Wolverine have to persuade Dupe in flashback to come work at the school, and it's amazing. The sub Dupe makes Wolverine do, which includes, but is not limited to, a luchador tag team match, creating head cheese, and Wolverine having to dress up as original X-Men Cyclops and stab himself with his own claws. Then Dupe agrees to come to the Jean Grey school, and he is he is Wolverine's secret weapon. All the staff doesn't know why he's there. They're all frustrated, and Wolverine's like, trust me, we need him. His job is basically, while well, Wolverine's busy running the school or doing his thing, while well, the teachers are busy teaching, any even possible outside threat that emerges to the Jean Grey school, 
Dupe goes and he deals with it. Whether that's legislators who are trying to shut it down, which Dupe handles with his charms, or it's uh, Nazi bowlers who Dupe Amazing. handles... I, I, where did they come up with that? Basically, it just turns into this series of one, two, half-page vignettes where it's just all the crazy stuff Dupe has been up to. It actually reminds me of when Jason Aaron did that issue of Wolverine with Adam Kubert where it's yeah. like, here's all the stuff Wolverine does in a day, yeah. but even more crazy and even more over the top and drawn by Mike Allred. This book features Howard the Duck. It features She-Hulk, Tigra, all of the X-Men, Sabretooth, a million more characters, the most bizarre situations ever. Dupe relives the Charlie Daniels band song, and he actually has to play guitar against the devil. He eats Cajun food with Gambit and Iceman. He does something with Deadpool, with Man-Thing. He proves to be a ladies' man. I'm not going to say with who. That was awesome. It is hilarious. It proves to be a ladies' man and a man's man. Yes, a man's man and a ladies' man. And an alien's man. As well. Everything. Dupe does it all. Dupe, of course, has no lines in English. He only talks in dupe speak. But it's like, this issue, in the best possible way, felt like it was quadruple size. Because it felt like it just kept going. And I was so happy because I didn't want it to end. It's just one thing after another. And it was fun. It was great. And the best thing is you get to see Mike Allred draw all these characters. You get to see him draw Wolverine. You get to see him draw Deathlock. You get to see him draw Gambit. Kitty Pride, Howard the Duck. This issue was a dream. I wish it could have kept going and going and going. I want to just read The Secret Adventures of Duke. You know, let's just do this every three months. I want to take this issue, tear it into five separate pieces, use them as claws. I'll only have five claws. It'll be two on one hand and three on one hand. And just slash Blake's face until I shave his beard off. But also, like, leave just, like, these tattoos on his face that are a ballad about how good this book is. That's some good violence right there. Right? I appreciate that. Oh, so good. Seriously. Buy this freaking book um, or I will find you. Yeah, this this is the new... I'll issue the same challenge you did with New Mutants back in the day. If you buy this issue of Wolverine X-Men and don't like it, you can come find me at a comic convention and I will buy the book off of it. And because Ben barely leaves New York... Or yeah. New Jersey, and I'm at a lot more conventions. He'll do it too. I will back up his claim. I'll be at New York Comic Con. Come He'll find me at New York Comic Con. Yeah. Or come find me in New Jersey if you can find my house. Don't go looking for his house. Don't. don't it's probably yeah, really easy to find. probably will find it. Go to Blake's house. <laughs> And give him the money, or he'll give you the money, and I'll pay him back. I'll tell you people where Ben lives. No. Get out of here. <laughs> Great issue. Yeah. All right, over to X-Men number 36, written by Brian Wood, pencils by David Lopez, inks by Alvaro Lopez, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. I'm just going to say this right now. David Lopez is one of my top five favorite artists. It's always a pleasure I, to see his work. Like, I could just, if you took all the dialogue out, you took all the everything away. I would still just love this issue. He draws everything he draws is freaking amazing. It's just a phone falling on the ground. I stare at him like that. It was really well done. Colossus just hanging out and talking to this really handsome guy. <laughs> Storm just with a beautiful smile. Just everything about it. He just draws. Oh, I can't handle it. It's so good. And the rest of the, everything else was really cool because if you've been reading X-Men from Brian Wood's run, there's been this build-up, this story. He's been building this history, finding these... Proto-mutants? Proto-mutants, Proto if you will. Proto-mutants means before, Blake. Yeah. And you get a, a real sense of this history before mutants came together, you know, what's been happening to them, this big mystery. And you find one of them who's 
in full charge of his faculties, then things go crazy. Just really cool stuff. And again, I can't stress this enough. David Lopez is a master. The end. X-Men Legacy number 274, the second to last issue of X-Men Legacy, which I believe makes it the penultimate issue of X-Men Legacy. Written by Christos Gage, art by David Baldion. A bit of an AVX epilogue, even though AVX is still winding through its conclusion, but this issue deals with an issue that Chris Gage has been dancing around pretty much his entire run, and that's the relationship between Rogue and Magneto. Magneto, after the events of AVX, goes to find Rogue, who's in the middle of a rescue mission, and talk about their relationship. First, they have to get the rescue mission done. They have to help some people who are stranded underground because of a bridge collapse. And the whole thing kind of becomes a metaphor for their relationship. I've always been fascinated by the Rogan Magneto relationship because it seems so unlikely. You know, he's much older and he's so larger than life. I always kind of like the fact that Rogue, this scrappy X-Man, has been the one who can kind of penetrate his... She makes him more human. So to see them hashing things out and discussing where they're going to go from here and specifically where Rogue is going to go from here and even where Magneto is going to go from here individually and as a unit it's definitely worth it for fans of either character and people who have been enjoying this book and a gorgeous, gorgeous cover by Mark Brooks who has been killing it on X-Men Legacy covers Final book of the week is Extreme X-Men number 4 by Greg Pak with art by Paco Diaz who freaking kills it this month my goodness so basically this is Wild Wild West meets the X-Men with Dazzler as the Will Smith character. So, I loved it so much. It's not that at all. It is set in the Wild West. You've got all these versions of the mutants and X-Men who, you know, got Jimmy Hudson type character, the, the Wolverine type character, his dad, mom, Dazzler being, as always, awesome. I, I can't stress enough how great Dazzler is, and if you don't believe me, read Greg Pak's Dazzler, because she is incredible. Tons of crazy stuff here. Evil Professor X, uh, or I should just, I guess, call him Charles Xavier. Cool Colossus. I mean, like, lots of little bits of Easter eggs and cool moments and things for X-Men fans, and it's gorgeous. It's such a fun book. Uh, like, I think that is just this reality-hopping X-Men book that we always want, and now we have it, and it's amazing. All and, right. Out of all 92 comics that came on, out seriously? this week, what are we even talking about? Yeah, there's, the there's no question. Wolverine the X-Men... I wasn't sure about it. Like, last no. la, last night I read Wolverine the X-Men, I read Space Puncher, I read FF, and I read Captain Marvel, and I love them all. And I, yeah. But now, like, time has absorbed listening to you, yes. Yeah. Wolverine, Wolverine the, the X-Men, X-Men was just blown away. And that's not to install the other great no. Also, Amazing Spider-Man was very good. Incredible Hulk was great. A lot of good books this week, but Wolverine the X-Men is one of those rare... In class by itself books. Blake is reading it right now. Blake, what do you think so far? I would make a joke that I hate it, but I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> intern, oh, Dan- intern Daniel Horowitz, did you read any last uh, this week's books yet? Nope. No, because they haven't come out in stores yet. <laughs> Listening to our rambling, what, what are you most looking forward to reading? Well, I have to say, Wolverine the X-Men wow. sounded pretty cool. He knows what's up. Yeah. yeah that so that's a rarity on This Week in Marvel. We all jumped on the same book. I know. So give it a look. Ryan is doing DDP yoga right now here in the green room. This is awesome. He is engaging. Yeah, he is taught. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he does that. Let's talk about the print collections on sale, courtesy of our friend Max Beckman. We've got Anita Blake, Vampire Hunter, Circus of the Damned, Volume 3, The Scoundrel, in trade paperback. Try saying that three times fast, Blake. 
Mm -mm. Okay. Black Panther, The Man Without Fear, Fear Itself, and Trade Paperback. Daredevil by Ed Brubaker and Michael Lark. Ultimate Collection, Book 3, Trade Paperback. Fear Itself, Uncanny X-Men, Trade Paperback. Marvel Masterworks, The Invincible Iron Man, Volume 2, Trade Paperback. Marvel Zombies Destroy in hardcover. Spider-Man, Lizard, No Turning Back, hardcover. The Mighty Thor by Matt Fraction, Volume 3, hardcover. Ultimate Comics X-Men, Volume 1 by Nick Spencer, Trade Paperback. Wolverine the X-Men by Jason Aaron, Volume 3, hardcover. And X-Men War Machines, Trade Paperback. I am going to recommend Spider-Man, Lizard, No Turning Back, hardcover. I really enjoyed that story, and I think it's going to be one of those instant classic type deals yeah all that alright in addition to the comics that we talked about we have some digital comics on the app this week including Nation X X, X Factor number one what the hell is that Nation X X Factor was a one shot by Peter David who writes every issue of X Factor ever when Nation X was going on that was when they went to visit Utopia and Cyclops tried to persuade X Factor to move to Utopia. Right. Jamie Madrox was like, I don't think so. But nah, son. He was like, Nah, son. Nah, son. Uh, and so Long, we also have and Longshot hooked up with Dazzler. It was awesome. Oh yeah, that was. I remember that was, that was terrific. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, X Factor number two hundred four through two hundred six. X Men Hellbound numbers two and three. And the 12 issues of Young X-Men, which was a fun series. That was a fun series. And we've also, of course, as Ryan said, we have every book that we talked about is also available on the app. And then the digital collections available on the app are Astonishing Thor, Sensational Spider-Man, Feral, The Twelve, Volume 1, Uncanny X-Force, Volume 3, Dark Angel Saga, Book 1, X-Men Noir, and X-Men with Great Power. And I will throw Uncanny X-Force, Volume 3, Dark Angel Saga, Book 1 out there as my personal recommendation. Yeah, hella good. Blake, can you take a break from reading to tell us what is available this week on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited? Yes, I can. We have Iron Man 114 through 118, X-Force number 1, Uncanny X... Which X-Force? Number 1. X-Force number 1, number 1. From what year... Blake, there were multiple from series ni- of X-Force. From 1990, Thank as you. well as number two and three. We also have Uncanny X-Men, number 316 through 318, and issue 333. There's Spider-Man, number 61 through 63, and Tales of Suspense, 26 through 30, and Tales to Astonish, 28 to 31. Not bad, Garris. Your reading skills are improving. You're doing it for everyone here. All right, so we're going to kick it over to Strami, who's going to talk about the new stuff, which is TV, movies, video games. we have any toy information? Nothing new on sale toy-wise, but lots of stuff for Strami to talk about, including a little movie. Strami, take it away. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, Twimmers, Twimites, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom. Coming to you, as always, from Los Angeles with the latest on Marvel movies, TVs, games, all that awesomeness. And, of course, we're going to kick off with the stuff in store or on air this week. And our big story, if you haven't heard, but is, of course, that Marvel's The Avengers is finally on Blu-ray and DVD. And Blu-ray 3D should be mentioned. Uh, came out this past Tuesday. I hope many of you have it already and have had a chance to watch it at least twice by the time you are listening to this message because it's a phenomenal, phenomenal 
movie. I myself have not had a chance to uh, rewatch it yet, mostly because I've been too busy letting y'all know that it's out there and you should rewatch it. But I'm hoping to soon. It's of course available on DVD. Blu-ray, the uh, two-disc combo pack, which contains the Blu-ray and the DVD, and the four-disc super pack that contains the Blu-ray 3D for 3D-capable televisions, the Blu-ray disc, the DVD, and a digital copy. And we've got tons of awesome features We've got uh, what we've got. Joswin's director's commentary. We've got a ton of deleted scenes, a ton of behind-the-scenes featurettes. If you buy either the two-disc combo pack or the four-disc super pack, you get the short film Marvel one-shot item 47 on the Blu-ray disc, which picks up shortly after the final battle in Marvel's The Avengers, the final battle in New York, and features sort of a modern-day Bonnie and Clyde who get their hands on one of the Chitauri guns from that battle and manage to get it working, and it is a ton of fun from there. You should also highly recommend checking that out if you have the Blu-ray 3D or the Blu-ray disc. We've also got a ton of retailer exclusives, to name a couple. If you buy the two-disc combo pack at Walmart, you get the Avengers Season 1 graphic novel packaged with it for free. Now this is exclusive to this combo pack. It's a 100-page original graphic novel set in the comic book universe, written by Peter David, who of course has written The Incredible Hulk for 13 years. He's coming up on 100 issues of X-Factor. He's written Spider-Man in the past. He's written Wolverine. He's written He's written pretty much everything that there is to write. He's a great, great writer. He revisits the first days of the Avengers, much in the same way that some of the other Season 1 books, uh, X-Men Season 1, Daredevil Season 1, Spider-Man Season 1, Doctor Strange Season 1, Hulk Season 1, all those go back and sort of revisit those Silver Age stories, but with a modern age sensibility. That's really what he does here. He is aided and abetted by a host of artists, including Andrea DeVito, Mike Bowden, more that I am there slipping my tongue at the moment, but some great, great talent there. And if you buy either the two-disc combo pack or the four-disc super pack at Target, you get an extra Blu-ray disc that contains a seven-part featurette on the making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that really takes you back to the very origins of Marvel Studios and the films we've been producing all the way back to Iron Man and the process of pulling Iron Man together. Then, you know, of course, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and all culminating in Marvel's The Avengers. Also, if you are looking for even more Avengers action, we've got The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Volume 5 on DVD, which collects the first half of season two of the series, which fans might recognize 
is really the secret invasion half of the series. It collects the entire arc, plus a ton of other great episodes. You meet Red Hulk for the first time. You meet the Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time. The two-disc set also comes with a never-before-seen episode of the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Powerless. It's a season two episode that is exclusive to the DVD. It was not aired on Disney XD, so you can check it out. You get 14 episodes then in those two discs. And if that isn't enough (laughs) of the Avengers or specifically Iron Man for you. We've also got Iron Man Armored Adventures Season 2, Volume 2 on DVD, which collects the next six episodes of Iron Man Armored Adventures. You get to see Iron Man meet Hawkeye and Black Widow for the first time. You get to see Iron Man face off against Doctor Doom. He has to go against Ironmonger and protect his technology from getting into the wrong hands. It's a really exciting series, and it's a really, really great part of this season if fans remember the season two of iron man armored adventures was sort of split into two halves and the first half of the season was sort of the armor wars arc and this really collects the second half of that arc and some really great stuff i highly recommend you check it all out of course jumping from animated series is on DVD to animated series is on the air. We've got new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes coming up this Sunday inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time with Iron Octopus, a new episode of Ultimate Spider-Man which sees Dr. Octopus take control of Iron Man's armor, which you can probably suspect that that does not lead to very good things. But it's also worth knowing that friend of Marvel.com, Frank Thierry, who is also the writer currently of Space Punisher, wrote this episode along with Man of Action, who are the story editors for the series. So you should check out. It's a really great episode. It's very fun. It's very fun to see Dr. Octopus in this series sort of acting as insane as he does. I guess that's really the only way you can you can describe him. They really ramped up the creepy factor for Doc Ock, and I like it. That is followed immediately by a new episode of The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, entitled Winter Soldier. If you've been watching season two of the show so far you've been seeing bucky barnes pop in and out as the winter soldier most recently he was a part of del rusk's code red team in last week's episode and this really brings that whole subplot to a head so we've got the winter soldier facing off against the avengers and Yeah, that's all I will say about that. You'll have to tune in to see how that all shakes out. And with that, I've gone on for about nine minutes now, and our associate producer hates me for blathering for so long. So I will send you guys back to New York, but I will be back with you shortly. All right, thank you, Strami. We know the weather there is just delightful. Has Christina been with him regularly on the podcast? No, there's there's another one. Yeah. Juan. Yeah. 
What happened to Christina? She, she, well, uh, she got, <laughs> I mean, she's, she's gone. No, right. Christina's still there. Yeah, she's just not podcast ready. Yeah, no, she's she is. So it could have been either of them. Might have been with him on this one, yeah. or he could have been alone. So I guess we'll so find many out. possibilities. We'll find out with you. Yeah, and then the weather here is delightful. Just, yeah, no, just, the weather has been you know a little chilly. No, it is it, perfect, and you will. Why? You will. It is perfect. Okay. It is perfect. Great weather, guys. On this one. I will weather. throw you it's off cold, that chair. Man. It out, is not cold enough. I was out. I was out west last week with Strami. Not with Strami, but we were on the same coast, and I started. I see what on the coast. See what he's going on about. We're in the desert. You know, on the desert coast. This is the coast of the desert. All right. Anyway, the very let's, edge. Ben, give us some news for this week. All right, we kept rolling out Marvel Now stuff, as we are wont to do. We debuted some new armors that Tony Stark's going to be sporting in Iron Man once Marvel Now kicks off, and we spoke to Karen Gillan about it. We also, I thought this was kind of neat, we showed a script excerpt from all-new X-Men. So you got to see Stuart Eminem's finished page, but you also got to see Brian Michael Bendis' script. So, you know, kind of a before-and-after type deal, and we'll be showing more of those as we go on. Obviously, we discussed earlier the big news on Ultimate Captain America becoming president of the United States in the Ultimate Comics universe. We spoke with writer Sam Humphreys about that. We also announced that Nick Klein is going to be the new artist on Winter Soldier to accompany new writer Jason Latour. So, all new creative team for Winter Soldier coming in February. It's going to be very cool. It's going to be a very new direction for them and uh, some guys really anxious to prove themselves. And also, Blake had a series of interviews that I'm sure he would like to talk about. First off, there's robots in this Wolverine and the X-Men book. Yeah, sorry, I neglected to mention that. Yeah. So we did uh, a number of interviews with the cast and creator of this show, The Neighbors, which in podcast time will have aired yesterday. So That's true. Or for those of you who don't listen to us, you know, the moment we come out, <laughs> would have aired on Wednesday, September 25th. Sixth. Sixth. It's a good show. I'm going to be totally honest with you. The premise sounds stupid. And even the cast said that. And the creator said that. So, it's awesome. The and creator of the it. show said the premise sounds stupid? Yeah. Who came up with it? Him. The creator. Oh, alright. But it's, they were really cool. One of the what guys. is the premise? Are you going to give the fans okay. a little information? Alright, so, these aliens move into a giant, like... They don't move in. They already live there. No, 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 no. They move in and buy all the houses in this, like, condominium, like, suburb area. And then one of the alien families gets sick of it and moves away. So a human family moves in and hijinks ensue. And it's funny. And I would not be telling you this if it wasn't true. I would just scathe over the whole thing. But I'm not. It's yep. a good show. Yep, I'm improper use of the word scathe. But you Whatever. Know. You're changing the subject. Just stay, watch it. Stay focused. It's Wednesday nights. What time? 8.30 in the past. In the future, it's after the middle. It debuted at 8.30, but it's going to be moving to a different time slot after the middle. So, check that out on ABC and check out Blake's interviews with the cast and creator of The Neighbors. All right. Like that broadcaster voice? <laughs> yes. My turn. So Please. yesterday I debuted the first image, the first official photo from the Wolverine, which is coming out in 2013. It is Hugh Jackman with crazy muscles. Dude is sick cut. Mm-hmm. It is intense. And that's actually him. Like, yeah. people are like, whoa, did you just, how do those muscles, are they real? Bro? Yeah, dude, guys, for real, he's insanely cut. Because yeah. he does DDP yoga. 
He does not. He does push-ups and uh, exercises in between like every take of the movie. So he's he's all pretty much working out all the time, and it shows. There is actually in the photo. You know, he's got a million abs and his muscles got muscles. But there's some photos I saw when I was on the set last month, which made him look even bigger and scarier. He's, yeah, it's exciting. He's uh, he's going to destroy people. I will be probably going back to the set sometime in the next month or two, do a lot more fun stuff. I'm going to interview Hugh for This Week in Marvel and do some other stuff, so it'll be great. Also, this week we've got Avengers Initiative. Price drop this week in celebration of Marvel's The Avengers on sale, so if you guys haven't picked it up on iOS yet, it is like less than half the price for this week to celebrate the movie. It's like three bucks. It's a lot of fun. Great, looks gorgeous, especially if you have a newer iPad or an iPhone 5. It's going to look great. Also, I know some fans asked about the UK availability for Avengers Initiative. It is out now in UK and international, but if you're checking via an iPod Touch 4th Gen or any other unsupported device, you won't see it in the store. So you have you do need to have a bit more of an updated device to find the game and play it. And I know you guys want Android. Android is coming. Don't have a definitive date yet. Uh, looks like I may or probably be on the CBS Man Cave website video thing. So if you like that, then check me out there. Last week, Blake and myself and Richard Herrera went to Quebec to visit Ubisoft, where they are making our Avengers Battle for Earth video game for Xbox 360 and Wii U. And it's, it's fun, right? You played it. It was fun. Yeah. A lot of motion stuff. There's lots of cool stuff if you're a fan of Marvel's The Avengers movie. They did a lot of little things in the game for that. If you like the comics, tons of like little things based off of Secret Invasion. So they've used Lanille Francis Hughes' art. Peter David did the dialogue in the game. A lot of cool little touches. A lot of, it was a lot of fun. Tons of unlockables. And then I played the Wii U version, which I was really looking forward to playing the Wii U version because I've only got my hands on the Wii U a couple times. That was a lot of fun. I think I actually like the Wii U version more than the 360 version, just because I, I like playing with the, the gamepad, which has got the screen in it, And but I don't know. I'll, I'll check them both out. It'd be very cool. So the game hits in October for Xbox 360 and November for Wii U when the Wii U comes out. Really cool stuff. All right, let's kick it over to Mark for more news. Hello once again. This week in Marvelites, Twimmers, Twimites. This is Marvel.com Assistant Editor Mark Strom. I know you missed me. I know it's been a whole 10, 15 minutes since you last heard me. But I am here with some news for you from Marvel Los Angeles, Marvel Studios, Marvel Movies, TVs, and Games. Beginning with news that we've got some really awesome Avengers posters that are available. Well... Three of them are available for purchase, and one of them is available when you get your Avengers Blu-ray. There's a little code in it. If you go to AvengersOfferAssemble.com, I believe is the URL, you can redeem that code to get a special Avengers poster done by Matthew Ferguson, who also did the sleeve art for the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 box set, 
which will be coming out this spring. He did that gorgeous minimalist art for each of the uh, disc sleeves for each of the individual movies, and he created three new posters for the Avengers that are available with this. One of them you get with the code from the Blu-ray. The other two, along with a poster of Mark Bagley's art for Avengers Assemble number one are available as a package for $19.99, which you can also order in conjunction with the fourth poster when you redeem your code for it. They're all really great. They (laughs) highlight some very memorable moments from the film, including Hulk tossing Loki around like a rag doll, and there is a great I Survived the Battle of New York poster featuring Iron Man uh, with Stark Tower in the background. So you can check those out. We ran some more Designing Avengers articles this week, beginning with a really great article that I'm proud of, speaking with the visual development supervisors Charlie Wen and Ryan Minerding about the Hulk and all the work that went into designing him. And I think what's so fascinating about that is that the Hulk, you know, he doesn't really wear a costume, so you don't think much about the visual development of him. But I think lots of fans noticed that he looked markedly different in the Avengers than he did in either Hulk or the Incredible Hulk. And there was a lot of effort and a lot of work put into and a lot of thought put into exactly how he would work, exactly how you know his muscle tone would be, exactly how he would move when he swings his arm, where's the movement coming from, where his muscles strongest, you know, his features like down to the size of his nose, the distance of his eyebrows from each other, things like that all go into this and I don't know, it's very fascinating. We also spoke with Ryan Meyerding about Captain America's new suit. Of course, Captain America gets a new suit updated for the 21st century now that he is out of World War II. We also announced a contest with Harley Davidson in which you can go to Harley Davidson's website and design your own Street Bob motorcycle. And then enter a contest for a chance to win that custom-built motorcycle and a Marvel VIP experience. So, including two tickets to a uh, Marvel movie premiere in the future. Of course, you have to go to HarleyDavidson.com in order to get some more details for that and build your own motorcycle there. But it's a very cool contest and some very fun Jumping from film to animation, well, actually this is a very nice bridge because we did a video piece on the Guardians of the Galaxy in the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes in which we spoke with Marvel CCO Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesada about the Guardians. They make their Marvel animation debut in the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes in an episode available on the Volume 5 DVD out now. So we want to sort of highlight them since they will also be starring in their own feature film come August 2014, which is, wow, less than two years away from now. But if you're curious to learn more about them, I think that the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes is a great way to get deeper into that. So... As always, check it out. 
And jumping from animation to video games, we announced that the first Amazing Spider-Man video game downloadable content packs are now available. We have packs where you can play as the Rhino, you can play as the Lizard, you can play as Stan Lee, you can use Spidey's smartphone in the game to play some new fun little games inspired by arcade classics. All of these are available right now on, in the PlayStation Store or in the Xbox Marketplace. So head on over there to expand your Amazing Spider-Man adventure. So that pretty much covers everything that we have this week in Marvel movies, TV, and games. And by pretty much covered everything, I mean I am going to cut myself off and give Blake Garris less of a headache in having to edit all of this together. I love you, Blake. Anyway, thank you once again for listening. I hope you all have a wonderfully terrific weekend and a wonderfully, wonderfully terrific week until I speak to you again in next week's episode of This Week in Marvel. Thank you, thank you once again. All right, we are back. Thank you, Stromy, and we've got... Another member of the team joining us yeah, for not the, a special guest, just no. another person uh, in the we're, room. We're doing questions and comments, part of the show, and that Blake is freaking out for some reason. I think he's he almost having, knocked down a tower of cardboard boxes. Yeah, by standing uh, weird. It's time for questions and comments. This is going to cover anything, whether it's Marvel or the podcast. You guys can tweet them to us using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. And joining us now for this section. Is Ms. Carrie Fialo, our social media coordinator. Hello, how are you guys? Welcome, Carrie. Oh. She begged Welcome us back. to be on uh, this. Actually, like begged yeah. to be on this section. It didn't take much convincing. Well, no. it took a lot of convincing, no. but it's good because Carrie's learning to beg rather than threaten. Or at I've least, never threatened, or at least ask rather than threaten. Like, I never threatened. I told. Well, yeah. Usually, usually say put me on the podcast or else, which is a threat. No, that's not. Mm, that sounds I'd say true. put me on the, ad, the podcast. Because the people period. want it. Because <laughs> yeah. the people want it. And I know that's what, don't, guys, sure. seriously, that's what you guys want. All right, come on, guys, let's get this back in order. We're going to go right into the questions, starting with Brad the YM. Brad the Brad YM. McKinnon. He's got a few. Which, you know, we've been asked this before, but since we got some new blood here, we'll, we'll ask it again. Which Marvel Now title are you most excited for that has been announced so far? Carrie? Deadpool number one. You're excited for, yeah, because you're a big Deadpool I'm fan. I'm a big Deadpool fan, you, so yeah. You're excited about what Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn are going to be doing? I'm excited just to see how, especially because of all the changes that Deadpool has been going through lately, mm-hmm. just to see how they wrap it all back, bring it back to the Deadpool that I know and love. I love him anyway, but no. still. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. Thank you. I like Deadpool, but Cable and X-Force. Oh, yeah. yeah that like looks recently good. announced. That does look good. Yeah. Blake, got a Marvel Now title you're excited for? Mm. They're comic books. You want me to come back to you? Yes. Okay. Daniel, Marvel Now title's been rolling out? Anything Captain America related for me. So Captain America, then. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That would be the one. <laughs> all right, cool. So we're all looking forward to different stuff. I think everything's going to be cool on uh, Marvel Now. I'm really excited for Avengers Arena, which we just announced last week, which I think is going to be... Is that only last week when we announced it? Yeah. No, two weeks ago. Oh. We weren't here last week, so I don't count last week as having happened. Right. It did oh. happen, uh, and it was traumatic. Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> High five. No. Oh. <laughs> all right, another one from at Brad the YM. 
was the AR for Xavier's death in AVX 11, his life flashing before Xavier's eyes. There's a little background on this one. Because if you use the AR in um, AVX number 11 and you click on the panel of Xavier getting croaked by Cyclops, a bunch of clips of old comics featuring Professor X and Cyclops comes up. Now, when Judy Stevens, who does a lot of the AR coordination, was trying to get this, she had this great idea that we should do clips of all these different moments from the career, not really thinking that, you know, they've been around for like, how long, like 50 60 years? 50 years. So, 50 years of X-Men comics to go through. And she didn't really... She, and we all said, oh yeah, that's a great idea, that's a great idea. And she's like, alright, cool. Can someone bring me a bunch of panels? And we're like, no. We don't have off the top of our heads a bunch of panels. So Judy had to go to like eight different people and finally some of the folks who help do the research for our handbooks were helpful enough to on their time, find all these things. So it's not intended to be his life flashing before his eyes so much as just a retrospective showing you what a close and complicated relationship Cyclops and Professor X had before Cyclops ruthlessly murdered him. That happened, guys. Yeah, that was a real thing. (laughs) One more from Brad the YM. Yes, for live video podcast. So that's another vote for guys, episode number 50. Guys, I've already scheduled <gasps> live this week in Marvel for Thursday, October... Well, 11th? That's the first day of New York 11th. Comic-Con. That's the 11th. October 11th from New York Comic Con. I think it's going to be about... Four o'clock Eastern, give or take. We'll let you guys know, obviously, but that's going to be live. Official announcement. uh, At New York Comic Con on our Marvel Live video show. You guys should be tuning in over the entirety of New York Comic Con, but we'll be there. We'll be doing the show live. It'll be fun. Carrie, please not slam your coffee on the table. That hurts the listener's ears. It's tea, actually. Oh, whatever. It's not like it's it's lighter. And finally, from Brother YM, could we get a DDP yoga update? Is it working for you guys? Update, yes. Yes, it's definitely working. It's actually, I think I did it. I did DDP yoga six straight days last week, five straight yep. days. Uh, because the other one, I don't do it. I go to the gym, but I haven't been able to go to the gym. Blah, blah, blah. I do it all the time. I do two sessions every day. One is a little bit longer than the other. Do a little red hot core and energy or red hot core and fat burner. And that's about 35 minutes of yoga, high intense, yeah. really good stuff. Totally. I did it the entire time I was on vacation. It was great because I could be on my vacation, but also just like cut away for like 20 to 30 minutes to do some DDP yoga. Awesome. I feel great. I'm really enjoying it. And by the time this podcast goes up, DDP will have visited us. Yeah. Because he's coming for us tomorrow. But for you, if you're listening to this when it goes up immediately yesterday, or if you're listening to it later down the line, Wednesday. Of last week. That's okay. There's no such thing as absolute time, so it doesn't matter. Oh, as much as I'd love to hear your theory on this, Carrie, we still have to get Blake's opinion on how DDP Yoga's going for him. I am just a cut specimen of man now. Thanks, DDP. (laughs) But in all seriousness, if you're interested in DDP Yoga, visit ddpyoga.com. It really is a fantastic workout, and it's timely, and it's it's easy to do, but it'll really challenge you. Yeah. I, pref- I actually prefer yo- doing DDP yoga than going to the gym. I, I only go to the gym to vary it up a little bit. Yep. And- 
So DPU is going great, and we fully endorse it. For ourselves, but not yes, not on behalf of Marvel. We yeah. endorse it as individuals who are not em- not as employees of Marvel. Yeah, this is all not right, a Marvel all, sponsored event. Or all rights reserved. Copyright yeah. 2012. All right, so we're going to go over to at Cassius335, which tweets, live video version of the podcast? Yes, please. Though it might be better on YouTube, not the iTunes feed. Cassius, don't worry about it. It's not going to be on the iTunes feed for the video. It will be on our, we're going to use live stream for New York Comic Con, and it's going to be our provider for all our live video during the Comic Con. So it'll just be a segment throughout. Then we'll take that, take the audio from that, Put it into iTunes so it'll be a regular podcast for those who can't catch the live video feed. Don't worry about it. We're going to get it out there. You know, maybe we'll put it on YouTube. I can't say that for sure right now. But there you go. Another one from Alan John Wilkinson tweets, I can imagine Deadpool being an Avengers Alliance villain long before he becomes a playable character. Well, you know what? I can imagine a lot of things, too. Doesn't make them true. Yeah. I'm still shocked Deadpool's on Avengers Alliance. I think it's only a matter of time. Carrie, would you? Would you yeah, and I can't believe Cassius three three five is calling him a villain when he's just an antihero. That's a major insult. Oh, you're slowing us down, Carrie. Yeah, Come yeah on, we gotta pick up going. the pace. Pick the pace back up. Yeah. Max Beckman, cheap graphic novels, was telling us because we remember we had to record the podcast on Monday last week. And we were right. terrified because we didn't have his list, and he said your print collections list was 100 percent accurate. It was just a huge week. That is a weight off my shoulders. I've been carrying that around. Thank goodness. At Comics Raw tweets to me that he started Avengers Alliance. It's great, and asks, will there be any second chance events for latecomers like himself to get Emma Frost? You know, I, I've not heard that there will be definitive chances to get Emma or Mockingbird or if you miss Magic during this current special spec op, but I would venture to guess that that's possible. I, I can't see why we wouldn't give fans the chance later on down the line, whether it's through, you know, you spent some gold or whatever the case may be, hopefully, but I don't honestly have any definitive information. But hopefully you'll get magic this turnaround. At David Larpena, to your question about subscriptions, I will look into it. Is there anyone you can contact if you're having trouble with subscriptions? David, you may want to just contact online support Mm -hmm. at marvel.com to start. They'll get the ball rolling. There may be subscriptions at marvel.com that that might also be an email address to help you with. But yeah, and tweet me separately about this week in Marvel hashtag and I'll see what I can do. At Dr. Underscore Spidey tweets, Even though I know it will unfortunately make more work for Blake Garris, there's nothing unfortunate there, yeah. I vote yes to a live streaming episode of Twim50. That's actually less work. Thank you. How is that less work? Yeah. It's a live stream. Delarty, you have to, be to doing still it. put the, the audio out. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. The streaming is... I don't think it's less work, though. It's the same. It's the same work. It's not more work, though. There's no way it's less work if you're doing the same thing you have to do. Plus more. That's math right there. See, I was feeling real calm about it now, and now I'm freaking out because I'm Great. thinking about it. Oh, good. good. We're back on track. Yeah. At Drew Hamilton 1, where are these Zartans from Journey into Mystery? This is like an old. This is probably like an old school alien race from like 1950s Journey into Mystery. Can you, you want to look it up? I, I, meant, I actually meant to look this up. I saw this question earlier, and I forgot to. We will come back to you in a moment, Drew Hamilton 1, while Ryan researches your question. Meanwhile, at Gigato Reader... Hi, I have a question for your This Week in Marvel Q&A section. Any chance for a mobile version of Avengers Alliance? Possibly down the line? Yeah, there's definitely a chance. I won't say say never, but I don't have any information for you guys at this point. Yeah. At Immortal Thor 99, 
Is Avengers Battle for Earth a fighting game? Blake, you want to field this one? You're just there. You fight some scrolls. But it's yes, not... it's a fighting game. So just answer yes. the question clearly. Yes. Come on, Blake. It's an awesome game. <laughs> at James Harrison. At James H. Harrison. Cap for president. Nice. Who would you vote for president and VP from the Marvel Universe? I'd go for Stark McCoy 12. Ooh. Carrie, you're very political. That is a great question. That's tough. Oh my gosh. I like Stark McCoy. That's a good... That's a good ticket? That's a good ticket, but I'm going to go... There is no way Tony Stark is not raising taxes on the lower class, by the way. He is super rich. He is super rich. So, just be um, aware. He's super rich. Well, let me think. It would pro- I would go with... I have to say, I think I'd go with Cap for president. I'd have to do that. But for VP, I'm going to go with... I think Storm would be a good VP. She'd be there to... Storm would be pretty good. And she has good. experience as a head of state because she was the queen of Wakanda. Queen is a little different, I think, from VP. Well, but she knows, she, she knows how to do foreign policy and stuff like That's that. That's true. That's true. I would go... Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Nice. <laughs> because Luke Cage would get in there with social issues and get things done, but Iron Fist would bring the calm needed to deal with things, and I would not make them president and vice president. They would be co-presidents. So they could Who would be vice together. president, then? There has to there be There would be no vice president, because we have two co-presidents. That's not how that Fine, works. Misty Knight. Misty Knight's the vice president. There, there you go. And cool. Colleen Wing. They're co-vice presidents. So every every office in we are doubling up. Everything. So you get more two things. secretaries of state. It's more to... balance of power, checks and balances. That's not how that works, but fine. Blake, I was trying to think Cannibal of one and husk, and then I just realized most of you pick people who couldn't be president because they're not from this country. Exactly. I was, re- I was uh, Luke I was... Cage was born in Harlem. I know. Not Danny Luke... Rand. Storm yeah. could not be vice president. Yes, she was. She was born in the United States. Yeah. Really? Her yeah, parents were from Africa. She One was parent born, was She from was Africa. born in New York. One parent's from Africa. I just don't want her to be vice president. Why? Wow. No, this is going to go down a bad path. I'm stopping this right here. I was going to say Silver Surfer, but then I realized he yeah. is also Brian, do you have do you have presidential and vice presidential Marvel No, candidates? I hate this conversation. Let's go back to the Zartans. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with them. They've appeared so we in like we didn't go they, back to the Zartans. They've appeared in like four books. There's no like concrete information. Drew, they, no immediate plans for the Zartans. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, where are we now? James Harrison, the Red Skull Origin five part miniseries was bad A. That was bad are A. Any, I loved it. Are there any plans for any other villain origin miniseries? I can't think of anything that are in the immediate pipeline, but I would imagine that when the next slate of movies comes out, a lot of times when the movies come out, the villains featured in the movies tend to get miniseries to kind of spotlight them. So I would maybe look for some Mandarin stuff next year. But we'll see. There was the guy who yes. wrote the guy who wrote Red Skull Incarnate. Greg Pak. Greg Pak wrote and Magneto. Magneto. What is it called? Magneto Testament. Testament. Read awesome. that. That's really, really good. good. If you haven't read that, between both of them too, it's true. There is a little tie-in. <laughs> All right, Dan- Daniel schooled you. Daniel just said, "Carrie, what up?" I was just he dropped the mic and walked away. Sorry. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. That's a great recommendation, Carrie. If you haven't already read Magneto Testament, it is a great complimentary book to Red Skull Incarnate, and hopefully we'll get some more stuff in the near future. The Uncanny Jake, dear Marvel. Why are you releasing post-AVX issues before the finale hits shelves next week? 
Hashtag S-R-S-L-Y. Hashtag, I know, but I'm spelling it out so they can, whatever. Hashtag nerd problems. Why are we listing post-AVX issues? Because none of them have spoiled AVX. The series, rather than, you know, set every comic we have in between AVX number 11 and AVX number 12, we're just moving forward because that's a very small loop of time. You're not going to have... You know, if you have 18 comics that are going on from when Cyclops became Dark Phoenix to them fighting him as Dark Phoenix, it's not going to be very exciting. So, you know, we're not spoiling anything. We're just moving moving the books forward. That's how comics work. At Jedi Lamont tweets, Is there any good point to start collecting New Mutants soon? I really like to pick it up, but I don't know when to start. Well... John, unfortunately, New Mutants is coming to an end with issue number 50, so there's not really a good point to start collecting it. I would say go back and read everything that came out, and you're going to get a great beginning, middle, end story from when Zeb Wells started it with number one all the way to Dan Abnett and Annie Lanning wrapping it up. And there was rarely, never, ever a bad issue of New Mutants. There you go. Yeah. Johnny Timpolis tweets, Who is the better fighter, Wolverine, X-23, Deadpool, or Iron Fist? Hashtag... Ben is the smartest man in the Marvel Universe. I hate that hashtag. I'm not in the Marvel Universe. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. Wow. Green is an ugly color on you. No, it's not. I, I am great in green. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to this question, I would say, I would go with Iron Fist. The reason why, I would say, you know, Wolverine's probably a close second. He's trained in many disciplines. X-23 really is more an instinctual fighter than anything else. And Deadpool relies a lot on weapons and things like that and basically things going his way Iron Fist from when he was a young kid trained in the art of martial arts and though he does have a superpower he does have his Iron Fist doesn't have a healing factor doesn't have anything else so he needs to rely solely on being a good fighter Wolverine's got his healing factor he's got his claws so I say it comes down to the wire Iron Fist is the best fighter out of those four Lex Pendragon wants to know hey hey how is Black Bolt back? First the Guardians of the Galaxy, now him. Isn't the rest of Marvel reading the cosmic stuff? Yeah, Lex, they absolutely are, man. I mean, there was a whole issue of FF devoted to showing how Black Bolt came back. So maybe so, you should read so the read, comics. Read, read the books, man. <laughs> there are some questions still out there about the Guardians and Star-Lord, but those, you know, will be answered in due time. But as far as Black Bolt, yeah, Jonathan Hickman devoted actually two full issues. Remember, they were... Uh, like right towards the beginning of FF where he explained exactly how Black Bolt came back and it flashed back to uh, War of Kings It everything was looped in so everything is connected another one from at Lex Pendragon my four year old decided that Avengers Alliance Sentinels look like giant Iron Mans I'll take that should that be giant Iron Men mm. and also should a four year old be playing Avengers Alliance yeah yes. start them young that's literally what oh my god Dr. Spidey says that like a tweet. Well, later. don't jump ahead. Well, I'm reading because I'm not being allowed to talk. So I'm reading ahead. You, how are you not allowed to talk? You've been talking the entire time. This is why we don't bring you in, Carrie. <laughs> Say goodbye after this one, Carrie. No. Alex Pendragon linked to a YouTube video of him doing an adorable fist bump with his daughter. It's called the Spider-Man Fist Bump, and he hashtag winning as a father. That's where Dr. Spidey said, start him early. That's my motto. That's fantastic. Bringing people closer together, even though Carrie wants to rip them further apart. I do not. Your she daughter sounds children. great. It's I terrifying. love kids, and your daughter sounds wonderful. At Lex Pendragon also tweets a couple more. I keep hearing Marvel author names for comics. Go and look them up and going, that guy, I love his stuff. That's cool. Good. Yeah. That's what we want, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fantastic, another one from Lex Pendragon. Fantastic Four, number 603, and that same allergy attack made my eyes water when I read the last page. Again, you know what, Lex? I'm, I get it. I, I, I get the same allergies when I read these books. It's, it's crazy. Really, it's weird. It's, it's rough. Weird. It's, you know... I, must be something in the ink. Yeah, it must be the ink. Yeah. Or even if I'm reading digitally. It must be why Blake has allergies all the time. Yeah. Just weeping at his desk. Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. The screaming, too. That's probably explained by allergies. Uh, Lex, Lex Pendragon also tweets I'd love to see Hickman's Fantastic Four run as a well-produced movie but I need at least 20 hours to do it right but as seasons 2 through 5 of a well-made ABC show could be just as good hashtag hint hint Lex that sounds terrific but yeah. there's no way we're going to be able to do that or talk about that anything like that sure that'd be cool Movie but I cool. believe Fantastic Four rights are with Fox right now yeah. for, for anything that they do outside of animated shows so you know our old friend Mike Billiter one nice thing about walking walking across the country which he's actually doing yeah, which is great. awesome it seems there's always a new This Week in Marvel to download whenever we find Wi-Fi again that's awesome I'm thrilled that we are helping you get through your very cool task Mike Mike I want every week an update of where you are for us to yeah. update the rest of the This Week in Marvel listeners if you have Wi-Fi Steal Wi-Fi wherever you can. Wow, we—that is not a Marvel officially endorsed statement. That by was steal, Ryan I mean, Enjoy open Wi-Fi. Yeah. At musings by Miriam, Miriam Barbarina. My this week in Marvel, my twin of the week is Mighty Thor number twenty. Loki is one of the greatest characters ever. Hashtag everything burns. Hashtag Loki. Very cool. At Nolan J seven thirteen, is Apocalypse dead right now or not? If not, does Cable know about it? Hoping for some Cable versus Apocalypse action in Marvel now. There is some big Apocalypse stuff coming up that we can't really talk about. I will say keep reading Uncanny X-Force as it winds down Rick Remender's run. Everything that's going on right now with Kid Apocalypse, with Evan. There is some big setups there that are going to continue into Marvel now. Whether or not they involve Cable, we'll see. But, you know, usually where Apocalypse is, Cable's not far behind. Like Bosom Buddies. Just like Bosom Buddies. At Ref Gemlin tweets, Loved hearing about the Marvel movie universe and This Week in Marvel 46.5. Thanks to me and Strami. Robert and everybody else listening, make sure you check out 47.5, which will already be out by the time you're listening to this one. That is, uh, as much as you, I loved the interview with Brad Winderbaum about the cinematic universe, 47.5 with producer Jeremy Latcham is one of my favorite interviews I've done. It's really, really interesting to me to, to get the whole scope of what we've done and what he's been involved in from the beginning of the Marvel Studios stuff up through Marvel's The Avengers. It's really incredible stuff. Another one from Robert Nolan tweets that he and Zomael have decided it's time for the ultimate team-up series. Squirrel Girl and Batrock. See to it, he says. Because we have nothing else to do. And then C to a Squirrel Girl and Batrock series. Blake, how do you feel about being ordered around like that? For what? <laughs> we'll, che- we'll check in with Blake later. Blake was like looking at everything and paying attention, but not paying attention at all. No. It was great. It was, good. it was a good acting job. Probably not in the near future. Yeah. That book would not sell Outlook, very well. Oh, I know. Yeah. What? That's, that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> All right, just right on time. All right. At Simon Seb's twim of the week was Spider-Man. Love the interaction between Peter and Miles. Good choice. Another from at Simon Seb's. We got a few from at Simon Seb's. Now that Captain America is president, who do you think he'll get to make up his cabinet? Well, there's two ways you can go. You can go the Ultimates, 
or he can go with seasoned, experienced politicians. Carrie, what do you think you should do? I was going to say that a that who would be interesting would be Kid Loki, because you need it's that DT. Ultimate universe. Captain America, what Carrie. Did you just? I went. Uh. <laughs> wow. FCC is going to shut down this podcast. All right, all right, ultimates. I'm sorry. Ultimates. Ultimates. Let's rewind. Um, we can't rewind. We only move forward. Rewind is not an option in real Miles. life. Miles. Miles Morales? Yeah. He's like 13. So? That It'd sounds be like, like a disaster. <laughs> Why would you put a 13-year-old on the... You know, Thankfully, uh, you are not in politics. Thank God. Foreign policy experience. Yes. Why thank you, Daniel. Thank day? you, Daniel. <laughs> no, he, that was a rational statement. He does not Nick have any... Fury. Nick Fury, why? Because he's running yeah. at the show. He sure, no, he's the type of guy you can trust. Nick Fury has never betrayed anyone in yeah, the Ultimate Comics have plans universe. To betray everyone. If yeah, he oh. I like Daniel's statement that Miles Morales knows nothing about foreign policy because certainly he knows about everything else, like the economy yeah, and whatnot. Domestic policy yeah. too. It's just that one chink in his armor of foreign policy <laughs> prevents him. This oh, moving on. Ed Simon says, "How many Marvel Now comics are left to be announced?" I'll not give you an exact number, but I will say we have not announced them all. And I will say that we just got the list of stuff around San Diego Comic Con, and there are pretty cool Marvel Now announcements. Some that we're really personally excited for. Yep. At TBear220 tweets that brings up a great question Which Marvel characters have a gambling problem? Oh. This was in response to when I was tweeting out that I was winning money in Blackjack when I was in Las Vegas last week. How much money did you win? I came out ahead like. $31, nice. because anytime I made $5 or like $13, I got the hell out of there. Yep. I'm just done. My wife made over 100 bucks because she's just reckless, which obviously paid off. What Marvel characters have a gambling problem? I think if Tony Stark ever gambled, he'd be in trouble because he has an addictive personality. You would agree, Carrie? I was going to say. Because yeah. of also that, remember in the first Iron Man, when he's supposed to get that award? Where That's is true. he? true. He's at the blackjack tables. That's true. Crapping it up. Blake? Wolverine? Wolverine. Hmm. Maybe? No? Hmm. About Storm, you hate her. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Daniel? I think Hercules. Hercules Ooh. probably has a gambling problem. That's well put. Does go to purgatory. It's true. Yeah. The only one of us who gave it actual yeah. thought. Yeah. Pretty good. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> Gambit. Maybe. No, Gambit knows better. Gambit, Gambit knows the cards. He's not <laughs> playing unless he's going to win. At the King Squid, because of your podcast, I'm madly addicted to Avengers Alliance level 43, and subscribe to MDCU. I'm catching up on where I left off post Civil War and reading up to current. When will ABX be available on MDCU? Thanks for your hard work and getting me hooked again. I've already bought all the Dragon Model Avengers kits, a bunch of Japanese characters. That's it. <laughs> I think three part tweet. 30 twin points for you for all those tweets and all that positivity. When will ABX be available on MDCU? Um, We're usually a few months behind. It's it's, it's a minimum six months behind, so we should probably start seeing ABX by the end of the year on Digital Comics Unlimited, I would assume, you know, but... Never know, there's special exceptions sometimes, but uh, we will see. All right, we got a bunch from Ryan Putney at Wolf Knight Twenty Six tweets. Would absolutely love to see a live streaming episode of Twim, but I would probably have to miss it because of classes. I think you can get a note that you make yourself and give to your teachers yeah. saying, "Or Blake will write you a note." Yeah, Blake will email write you a note. Blake or just tweet Blake. I guess we won't give your email out. 
Tweet Blake and he'll write you a note to get out of class. Yeah. Because he, he's a former college professor. Yes, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another one from Wolf Knight 26. Random question time. What was the worst Christmas present you guys have ever gotten? Wow. I don't know. Question. I don't know. Probably clothes. When I was a kid and didn't appreciate them. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. That's true. Mr. Putney. That's true. I do. We're very... <laughs> well, Carrie does, so never mind then. We're very people. Yeah. Although, I mean, you know, I guess I do too. But I like just, really just for the presents. I like presents. No, every, you got to cherish everything. All presents are good presents. It's what you do with them. There are no small actors, only small parts. <laughs> I reversed that one. There are no small parts, only small actors. <laughs> Next. Oh. All right. More from Ryan Putney. How are you doing on the Doctor Who challenge, Ben Morse? There was a Doctor Who challenge, and I was not informed of this? No, we don't inform you of much. What? Because what then we this? have to deal with you going, what? <laughs> um, more like Doctor Who cares, am I right? No. I haven't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Mystery Science Theater joke. I've never seen that, uh-huh. so I assume it's a me joke. Is the challenge just getting him to watch Doctor Who? No, I told you that joke. My friend made up that no, joke. No, it's from Mystery Science. I can even tell you which episode. I'm sure in the 50 years that Doctor Who has been on TV, no one yeah, has made that I'm Doctor sure, Who I'm sure a few joke. people have made that joke. I was certainly not claiming to have invented it, and I apologize if you I gave that impression. You claimed to invent it. I did not. No, I don't think that happened. Like. It never happened. Okay. All right, let's, let's keep going. We're we start done. watching We're it. More from Wolf Knight 26. Just got mad in Avengers Alliance. Not going to lie, I spent a lot of gold to get her. It sounds like a really, like, ashamed confession of something like he just woke up from, you know, a night in Bangkok or something. He's like, oh, I just spent so much gold to get magic. What? Not gonna lie. My hangover four. Yeah. Avengers <laughs> Alliance confessions. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Although, I mean, you still have 20-odd days left. You could have worked for it. But, you know. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying, like, to me, the spec ops are fun because yeah. there's things you got to do and there's a challenge That's to it. That's what's wrong with kids today. They just want everything now, now, now. Yeah. Daniel. I didn't buy magic. I'm yeah. still working toward her. Good. All right. <laughs> We're raising you right. More from Matt Wolf Night 26 would like to thank This Week in Marvel for helping me make two new friends, Dr. Underscore Spidey and Ms. Marvel Girl. And I hope to make more friends. Hmm. Very nice. Everybody should be friends. I was chatting with Ms. Marvel Girl last night on Twitter. Nice. Even though she's not, she doesn't respond as much anymore. She's still around. Yeah. At Wolf926 tweets, what can I do with my 62 twin points? You can redeem them for special prizes at the Twim Arcade. Coming soon, under construction. Yeah. Blake's building as we speak. It's going to be in Qatar. Yeah. And it'll be great. <laughs> we've got some land carved out there. Yeah, we've, the we've, government's been really great. We know people. <laughs> yeah. They love this week in Marvel. Yeah, we're huge in Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. A few from at X-Force Josh. Can't wait for tomorrow when Avengers is out on Blu-ray. I actually have a friend who has not seen it yet. Hashtag lives under rock. I have a friend who also has not seen it Why yet. Why are you still friends with him? I think we all probably have a friend who hasn't yeah. seen it. All right, I had to take sorry. a friend to go see it on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, Carrie, stop bragging about how many friends you have. Uh, you guys. <laughs> At X-Force you Josh. wanted this. Yeah. You asked for this, you will like this. At X-Force Josh, my twin for last week is Ultimate Spider-Man 15. With little to no action, this book is always one of my favorites. Hashtag twip. And finally, at X-Force Josh, 
I hope to see more Winter Soldier before Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes ends. This week's episode teased that Cap knew who he was. Bum, bum, Hashtag bum. awesome. Spoiler. Quick note to you guys. We used to record this podcast on Wednesdays, and we now record it on Tuesdays. So if you're getting questions in, make sure you get them in by Monday night, or we will not read them. We won't guarantee to read them. We'll we never, try we never, to get to them. We never guarantee we're going to read anything, but you have no shot if you're trying to get them on like Wednesday or something like that for this week's episode. Correct. That's it, guys. We Thank you it. to intern Daniel and any other interns who helped out. It's just Daniel. Just Daniel? Yeah. Yeah. Don't we have like seven other interns? Two other interns. Yeah. Fat lot of good they did, huh? Well, I mean, Jason's going to edit this probably because Blake's too good to edit the podcast now. <laughs> he throws his hair back. Yeah. Great. So thanks in advance to Jason. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Strami and whichever intern he lures into recording with him yep. this week. And didn't kill. Yep. Thanks to uh, Carrie, Blake, Ben. And really thanks to you guys for listening and tweeting and being awesome. We'll catch you next week for the penultimate before number 50 episode. Are we finishing the series with number 50? Do we relaunch and become new this week in Marvel? Or this week in Marvel now? (laughs) Oh, God. Dun, dun, dun. To be continued. (laughs) This is Marvel, your universe.